another live podcast from Palm Coast, Florida. Hey, we sure love you. I got my wife here, the famous Pastor Kim Summerlin with me. Stop. Say good morning to the good, good people. Good morning to the good people. <laughs> <laughs> she told me earlier I needed to get her an agent if I'm going to book her and, and uh, book her through her agent. So pray for me. Obviously, I need all the help I can get. We also have a live audience today, some beautiful people here, anointed people of God. But let's start in prayer and let's get right into this uh, Tuesday morning's teaching. Lord, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for insight, understanding. We thank you, Lord, uh, for revelation concerning the scripture, concerning the hour in which we presently are living, and uh, concerning these times on, on the prophetic timeline. Uh, as we try to help today, Lord, people uh, understand the scripture and put it in, in chronology or, or where it belongs uh, so that we can begin to read prophecy, understand prophecy, and know that our our Master, our Savior, our Messiah is drawing near. Uh, we surely, surely love you, Lord, and we thank you that you've chosen us to be here in this very hour. In Jesus' name I pray and call you blessed, highly favored of the Lord, healthy, strong, and full of God life. Amen. Amen. Well, amen, amen, amen. I want to get right into this. Um, you know, when I have my wife on here, uh, she gets a little nervous with me because I'll always go in different directions but she's a constant studier of the end time. So she'll have some kind of nuggets that we'll pull out of her. I first want to say, you know, as we study and as we share in eschatology, the study of the end times, I want you to understand uh, that we don't do it uh, flippantly or, or in and of our own knowledge. Uh, number one, our, our greatest uh, uh, study aid is the Bible. Our greatest teacher is the Holy Spirit. Uh, but then there's other Bible references that we use and different teachers that have gone before us. And I want to share them with you today, uh, just so some of you know, uh, and, and say, you know, if I want to be a studier, who can I study after? Uh, and these are all proven men of God. One of them is Dr. Hilton Sutton, uh, which is one of my end, end time favorite teachers. Uh, you know, Kim, I, I know that you like a couple too, if you'd share a few that you study after. I love Jimmy Evans. He's got some of the most amazing end time stuff. It's super simple to read, super simple to understand. Also, John Hagee is amazing at end time stuff. I mean, I have a whole list of things, um, whole list of books I probably don't have time to go into today, but I'll share more as we... What's the one that you like, John, um, that you just got Dylan or had Dylan read? Jimmy Evans' Tipping Point. The Tipping Point mm -hmm. of Jimmy Evans. There's also a new author I've been following. is John uh, uh, Walford, and he was, um, I believe, a spiritual a friend or covering to... Um, oh, who's the other guy now? Help me, Lord Jesus. Uh, the, the, the cross play, the, the Wilkinson. Yes. Um, Dr. Wilkerson, David Wilkerson out of New York. Uh, he was over him. Uh, once again, you got to study, you got to be a studier of the end time. You can't just, you know, read it one time and, and say, you know, from its face value, I understand things. This is a lifetime study. The book of Revelation and the first chapter, third verse said, blessed is the person that studies and knows this information. The information meaning that John had on the Isle of Patmos when he had a divine vision and, and God just downloaded into him what would happen, happen leading up to the rapture. Uh, through the first three and a half year period of the rapture, the second three and a half year period of the tribulation, rather making up the fullness, then even into the thousand year millennial reign, uh, beyond that into eternity, and, and God downloaded that into John. You know, another person really 
amazing to listen to and you can find him on youtube is tiff shuttlesworth Amen. he's yeah. got amazing i started listening to him recently because of you and he's got amazing end time teachings yeah. if you don't ted ted shuttlesworth is my dear friend some of you know he's been here but his brother tiff is, is close to a genius concerning the last days and a very uh, solid teacher amen well let's get into this i want to get into hopefully we'll have time to warn you about the day and age we're living in uh, some of you know biblically i've taught you that the the main spirit we face in this these last days are is the spirit of deception uh in the body of christ the bible was written to the body of christ is written to the world in a sense but it only makes sense to the believer the bible says that uh it's nonsense or, or uh, they can't understand it they can't fathom the lost people but as your spirit is enlightened, uh, you now can comprehend, understand, receive, perceive the word of God. Uh, so especially in the New Testament, when you get into Paul's writings, and he he has written almost one-third of the whole New Testament, he was dealing with letters to the church. Uh, he was dealing information to young preachers, preparing and warning them for the progression of prophecy, which would lead us into the last days, into the time we're presently living. So I, I want to get a few signs out. Uh, before we get into this, and I want to get into Luke 21. I'm shifting on you already, babe. Uh, Luke 21 and 7, it says, And they asked him, they asked Jesus, uh, Master, but when shall these things be? What sign will there be when these things come to pass? Now, they were talking about the end of the world, talking about another portion of Scripture, the temple being Jesus. There was going to be, uh, they would tear it down, but he said, I'll rebuild it in three days. They said it was impossible, just like they said Israel becoming a, a nation once again was impossible. And with one swipe of the pen, uh, we saw that that took place. So nothing is impossible uh, for our God. But Jesus there on the Mount of Olives with a few of his disciples, they were having a conversation and he was prophesying the end of this age. And, and the age being the present age we're in is the church age. Uh, you know, and that, that started with Jesus, and it'll end with the rapture, and it'll begin the tribulation age. So we know that. But they're asking to Jesus, when uh, is this age going to end? You're talking about an age ending when, and how will we know? And he says, take heed, verse 8, take heed that ye be not deceived. Underline that, understand that, study that. That's a demon spirit. It's a demon influence. And he's not talking about the world being deceived. The world's deceived. Yeah. Without Jesus, you're deceived. So it's, this is not a, a, a scripture. How would you warn, you know, a lost person not to be lost? Right. Well, you can't do that. They're already lost. You right. can't tell them uh, anything. Well, he's talking to the church, which really concerns me. Because if he's talking to the church, and I would say, now we have a 50-50 rule. You're concerning the you know, one in the field, one in the bed. You know, on and on it goes. Uh, ten virgins, the, the the narrow path to heaven, the wide gate to you know to destruction. I believe we can use that a lot in the, in the scripture. I'm not going to say absolutely, but let's just take from that and drive from that a 50-50 rule, if you will. And let's just say 50% of the church is deceived. Now I think it's a greater part because we live in this world. But if you look at the church members that are, are, are disobeying or stepping out of bounds concerning the parameters that God set for the Christian to live in, that's not really, that's a problem. That's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is when they begin to make excuses why it's okay to live out of bounds. Right. 
So, uh, you know, that's where we're at. But then the Bible goes in here, and if you get ready to, you know, to insert something here, just go ahead. But the Bible talks about clear signs in the last days. Now, when I get into clear signs, and I want to get into three things uh, in just a moment, when I get into clear signs, a lot of people say these things have been happening all along. So we talk about wars, uh, rumors of wars, we talk about earthquakes, uh, we talk about famines, you know, we talk about all these things. People say, well, that's not impressive because that's been going on from the beginning of time. But if we understand uh, Bible prophecy, Bible prophecy, as it gets closer toward the end or the fullness thereof, there's going to be a frequency and an intensity, and there's going to be uh, numbers will increase. So we, you've heard me talk about this. Um, you were out, I think, uh, you know, you had had surgery last week. But we talked about this then. Uh, as a mother prepares to birth a child, she begins to have signs to let her know it's almost like a not, not just it's almost like a prophetic uh, sure. uh, you know God pre-programmed this into a woman's DNA that a sign to her pregnancy would be labor pains right now as she gets closer because you got nine months but as you get closer you might start having labor pains or, or help me how I mean seven months you, yeah you could but they shouldn't be great. Am I telling the truth? Like there should be something happening, but okay, I can deal with this. But as we get closer to the main event, uh, those labor pains have increased in number, frequency. The, the frequency, the intensity, uh, the intensity mm-hmm. so that we can you can get ready. Now, there's other things that take place for, to make room for the baby uh, to be birthed, and that's what Jesus was saying. Is you you'll know by the the times not only what's presently happening but they'll intensify. Right. Uh, so we can see wars, and if you go through, and I don't want to take up too much time, I, I want to get you to say something here in a moment. But if you look up wars, and the word here is uh, the wars are ethos against ethos, which means tribe against tribe, ethnicity against ethnicity. Uh, the battles we see right now are ethos against ethos, prophesied. You can't change prophecy, mm-hmm. and you can't stop it. Uh, so then you look at another one, and you would say, well, how do we see the intensity uh, of, of wars? Now, we went back, uh, you know, a couple hundred years. But if you just look nation against nation, war against, you know, wars, rumors of wars, if you go to the 15th century, there was 29 wars. If you fast forward to the 20th century, there was 278 wars. There was a progression from the 15th century to the 20th century. There was a healthy progression, except for one year there was only a few. But in the 21st century, uh, by the completion of the 21st century, we're on track for 550 wars. It's crazy. So tell me that's not an evident sign of something to come. Frequency, yeah. Amen. Uh, Let's let's look at another one. Uh, Famines. Uh, there's more famines in the earth now. There was six in the 15th century. There's 44 in the 20th century. And if you go on track to, to look at in the first decade of the 21st century, there'll be 120 famines by the fruition of the, the 21st century. Another one, and this will be the last one, and we'll get into this. Another one is earthquakes. Uh, natural disaster, earthquakes over 7.0 on the Richter scale. In the 15th century, there was two. The 21st century, within the first decade, there's 145. We're on pace to do 1,440 earthquakes. 
Once again, we can look at these things and say something has changed from 2,000 years ago. Uh, we, we have magnificent proof uh, from 2,000 years ago to the present hour in which we're living that Jesus is coming soon. According to his time frame, according to the signs that he prophetically set for us to see on a calendar. Right. Amen. Well, if you look at Matthew or Luke 21, where you are on, in verse 25, it said, There shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, which we talked about like no answers, and seas and the waves roaring. Then if you go down to verse 33, it says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words Ooh, shall not one. pass away. Verse 34, Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life and so that the day may come upon you unaware for as a snare it shall come on them that dwell on the face of the whole earth watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all of these things it doesn't say go through it says to escape all of these things that shall come to pass but how do we be accounted worthy Amen. in the end times like what do we do we abide by the word of god we stick to the word of god we don't give into all of this nonsense world nonsense. that's going on Amen. in this world all of these you know ideologies and all these different things that we could believe and that we could feel sorry for certain groups of people and do this you know that's great i don't believe in putting down any groups of people or anything but what the word of god is the word of god we stick to the word of god if we stick to the word of god and do what the word of god says then we can count ourselves worthy Amen. to escape all of these things that are coming on us but if we're not it's it's not beautiful. good, the stuff that's well, coming. The, the, if you stay within the parameters, you can have a great expectation yeah. of the fullness of God's word in your life. If I am obedient and I stay inside of the set parameters, God, number one, calls it a reasonable service. Uh, but if I do that, I can live in expectation. Uh, the promises of God are going to come to pass in my life, the favor of God, the increase of God, a healing health, and on and on, safety, provision, all of those things are within the parameters of God. It's almost like the church is being, you know, deceived by Satan outside of that set parameter. You know, come over here. I got a little something for you. No, no, we can't go outside of that that parameter. You know, there, there's a safety in that parameter. No, just like a, a little dog or something, and you pique their interest enough. Back to Samson Delilah. You yeah. know, uh, she piqued his interest somehow to the point of he gave up. The Bible says she wore him down with her words. Yeah. Satan's wearing down Christian with his flirtatious deception, uh, with a seducing spirit outside of the parameters set by God. And the moment they step outside, the things of God don't exist to them. It's not that God doesn't exist. God's not in bondage. You know, God hasn't been defeated. no. Uh, you left the, the set boundaries that God d designed for you to live in, and within those boundaries are blessings. Now, what I don't get, and I want you to help me with this, I kind of do and don't. I guess uh, we live in an earth world, but we're a heaven creature. And, and I, I don't understand why, I do and I don't, that a lot of us want to be like a, a, a hybrid being. Like like most of, most Christians want to be half Christian, uh, you know, and half earthly, uh, you know, we want to enjoy the things of there. We want to be normal. We want to fit in. We want to do what all the other earthlings are doing. You know, I had to use that term, but it really is what it is. 
when we have a promise and uh, we've been given by God divine instruction and direction to lead us out of here. I was just thinking about this when I was driving in my car the other day is why do we? So we we have a creator, right? There's a creator and it's God created all of us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows the ins and outs. He he knew us before we were in our mother's womb, right? But we'll do everything that we can to please people. 100%. At the risk of disappointing God or letting God down or going against his word or whatever. But people don't have the ability to save you. People don't have the ability to heal you, to save you, to change you, to deliver you, to see you through anything. People don't have that ability. Only God does. But we're so worried about what people think. So worried about what the world thinks about us. Who cares? Who cares what the world thinks? Who cares? Ultimately, the world would like to take you to hell with them. And God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you so we didn't have to suffer what's coming on the world because of their rejection of Jesus. He sent his son, Jesus, because he loved us. If you were the only person on this earth, God still would have sent his only son, Jesus, to redeem you. But we still want to please the world. We still want to make the world happy. It doesn't make any sense to me. I was just thinking about that in the car. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't, but it's within deception. Yes, and what also doesn't make sense to me is why do you cry out for salvation why do you cry out to be saved and then go back to the vomit that you were saved from that doesn't make any sense i, I don't know I, like i'm at the same perplexed as you are i don't perplexed, understand it's a perplexed season <laughs> amen well and it has to be deception because deception means uh that you think you're living within the parameters set by god uh like maybe you you maybe have stretched the the parameters uh in error but somehow you've become comfortable and Satan has lied to you so that you think what you're doing is really righteous and holy. And that's high deception. Uh, when you think, what are they talking about? You know, you remember years ago I had a deacon. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> a deacon who, who is, wouldn't come to church. His attendance was bad. Uh, and I've only had to, to put down one elder. <laughs> put down. And, and, well, not shoot him, but <laughs> out of position. Uh, one elder and one deacon. And this deacon... I went to him and I said, listen, you can't be a deacon and have less than 50% uh, attendance, church attendance. How do you lead and not be there? Same with our leaders. If you can't be here, you can't lead. You can't be in that position. And he sat there and looked at me like his look, I'll never forget. It's burnt into my memory. It's probably 12 years ago. Pastor, are you kidding me? And I said, no, I'm not kidding you. I got the numbers right here. Well, they're, they're in error. That's a lie. And then he said this, uh, my church attendance is better than yours. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, you you can only talk that way in high deception. Right. Now, was he demon-possessed? Not at all. Uh, he just had got to a place where Satan lured him out and had him set new parameters. Then he swore by those new parameters that he self-set. And that's what a lot of the body of Christ is doing. you got to be careful because it's a snare that Satan sets. It's a trap. It's mm-hmm. a trap that Satan sets. I want to get into this, and I want to talk about and, and warn you about the voice of deception today. I might freak some of you out, uh, but the, the so-called uh, church prophet in the land in America today is the biggest voice of deception. That That's the, the person Satan's demons are influencing are setting in authority are false prophets. Now, the Bible talked about it. It says, beware, uh, be warned, I forewarn you. 
In the last days, there's going to come false prophets, false teachers, uh, and on and on it goes. Now, now write this down, note people. A false prophet, a false teacher, it does not tell, they don't stretch the truth so much that it's unconceivable. They, they stay kind of within, you know, Bible verbiage. Uh, they, they, they place their words in such a way where you're like, wow, it sounds, you know, biblical, mm-hmm. their heart's right. You know, they're standing on a biblical platform, a, you know, a God platform and shame on you, uh, people that have been trusted with TV, you know, satellites and on and on it goes. And because you want to keep the show running, meaning right. you want money to come and you let anybody come on your platform and I don't care who you are and what you did in the past, but, uh, may God help your soul now that you've afforded false prophets in your very, you know, ministry yeah. for money. That's the, the word here is bombastic. I'll get to that in a second, but anyhow, the false prophet and the Bible says, let me give you some of these. The Bible says, let me read this first. First Timothy four, one. Now, now the spirit speaks expressly. That's an echo. When the spirit speaks expressly, this is prophetic. This scripture, uh, Paul prophesied it to Timothy. He was prophesying to Timothy. So it had power there, but the echo uh, of this scripture is to go on to the very end. So this is echoing to every preacher, every God-ordained preacher that would come after Timothy, the Spirit speaking to you and expressing to you with great concern that in the latter times, what's a latter time? Every day that goes by uh, uh, brings us into the fullness of the end of the expiration date of right. the Scripture. So the resounding word uh, has gone from maybe a, not a whisper, uh, but a, a voice to a, a loud, you know, a resounding type warning. That's where we're living. And he said that they're, they're going to depart from faith. Why? They're going to be seduced, and a false prophet will help seduce them and lead them into a false doctrine, false teacher, preacher, false. But the Bible talks about false prophets. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in some of these scriptures, I really uh, think are, are clear to us. The Bible says, write this word down, bombastic. Uh, don't start doing your song, baby. <laughs> it just goes to my head. In Second Peter 2, 18, in the ESV, it says, For they will speak uh, loud and boastful. The word there is bombastic nonsense. Of folly, they'll entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. Now, this is talking about the, the modern-day prophet an end-time people, an end-time preacher, so-called Christian, are going to begin to stand up, uh, and they're going to be uh, building. It's called bombastic means it'll be a, a puffed up, uh, ha- have a natural uh, perception of something that's great and swelling, but there's no power there. Yeah, and, and that's the, you. You look at the the mega church we talked about. Not all the mega churches, mm-hmm. but ninety-nine percent of the mega church is puffed up. And it's filled with, you know, uh, fillers, you know, the people there, they're not, they're, they may be Christian in, in word, but those people don't know how to cast out devils. They don't know how to lay hands on the sick. They're attracted by this bombastic nonsense, which is like a hoopla of, and it's attracting to the soul. That's not attracting the spirit. They're attracted by the soul. They're appeased by their soul. They come because they live in a world of sin, but that little Sunday, you know, blown up service makes them feel good. And how could it be wrong? How can it be wrong when they got the, the greatest singers with the number one albums? How can it be wrong when millions of people 
you know, watch their prophet uh, lie every week. You know, they think that's validating the prophet, the singer, the preacher, the teacher. That doesn't validate. What validates is the B-I-B-L-E. Well, how could it be wrong if your life looks like the person that you felt like God called you to sit under? If your life and you're doing the exact same thing that your leader is doing, how are you wrong? And the sad part is the Bible says the person who's leading them is held to a higher standard. So you have to stand before God. We as pastors have to stand before God and answer for all of these people in the way that we led them. And it's not going to be a good day for them. it's not going to be a good day at all. (laughs) Uh, I want to read a few out of Jeremiah and then I'll get into Jude if we have time. But Jeremiah 23, 16 says, uh, the, the thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesied to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. Hmm. That's, That's the good. majority of the modern day prophet. Uh, 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 you know, I hear now, uh, Randy, a big one now is they know your address. They know colors. Well, Satan himself uh, the Bible says in the last time we'll do signs, wonders, and perform miracles. I don't think it's real impressive that you know my address. I don't think it's real impressive if you know my underwear color as a, a prophet. The Bible doesn't say you should know those things, and we don't see any record of any other prophet knowing things like that. Uh, they say, well, we use that to get their attention. No, that's a bombastic. Come on, are you here? That's a filler. That's a hook. Uh, once we get you hooked, oh my God, he knows my, you know, size. He knows my phone number. He knows my, well, Satan knows your phone numbers. He knows these things. That's not outlandish or far-fetched. Right. But when they begin to prophesy by the mind of the Lord, that means now they, they singularly uh, know something that it's impossible for anybody on the planet to know. Uh, so there's people on the planet that can know your address, know your colors, know your whatever, whatever. But when God speaks a word, this is something that God births that society had no reference of, society had no knowledge of. Uh, it would be impossible for society to know lest it right. came from the heart of God. Right. That's true Bible prophecy. Uh, once again, you can't amend Bible prophecy. Prophecy is not to make you feel good. If we look at the modern day prophecies, it starts out like this. Oh, oh, I see. Thus says the Lord, I see you. Oh, I see you blessed. I see your later days are better than your former days. That would be an exhortation, but that's not even in the ballpark parking lot of right. prophecy. Right. Uh, prophecy is the mind of God releasing his knowledge concerning a matter, uh, usually pointing toward the future. That's Bible prophecy. And once again, if man can know this uh, without God, it's not prophecy. If, if man understands and has this information without God, it's not prophecy. Right. Uh, God, when he releases prophecy, he releases it for the first time, and it's not a crap a crapshoot. It's not a 50-50 deal. Like the presidency, you have a 50-50 shot <laughs> of, of, of predicting the next president. Uh, now, if God were to... Uh, give someone a prophetic utterance from heaven, it would be absolute and it would have major events before, prior to, uh, during, and afterwards, like with Donald Trump. If the meaning, and once again, I don't preface, I'm not sitting here voting for Donald Trump and that's my business if I do, so you shut up if you don't like it. Uh, But uh, this is my point I'm trying to make. Uh, He, most people prophesied that he would win the election. 
Then he didn't. Then they said, well, he did, but it was robbed. Well, if God would have told you that, God would have said Donald Trump will win. However, he won't take the seat because they'll, they'll, they'll fix the numbers. They'll rob the, the election from him. There'll be four more years, and that four more year of time, then Donald Trump will take the office. But it'll happen like this. That's how prophecy uh, you know, pans out. Yeah. Uh, it's not like maybe, maybe not. And so we see with Donald Trump that there were so many amended prophecies. You know, so many people said, well, he did win. No, he didn't win. If he didn't win, he'd be in the victory circle, you know, and on and on it goes. Uh, so we've got to be careful. The Bible says there's more of that coming. Let me go a few more. Uh, Jeremiah 14, 4, uh, they'll fill you with vain hopes. Uh, hold on, let me get, there's a couple more I want you to hear. Uh, Ezekiel 22, 28, and her prophets have daubed them with um, untempered mortar, seeing vanity, divine lies unto them, saying, Thus says the Lord God, when the Lord God has not spoken. Yeah. Once again, let me tell you, people, be very careful careful how you use that term. Yeah. Uh, you can know things in your spirit. You can have a spiritual premonition. Uh, you can have biblical knowledge. You can understand how God operates. You can understand the word, but that doesn't mean God has spoken to you concerning a matter. There's a difference between God simply speaking to you, the Holy Spirit revelating to you the scripture, uh, then God told me. When we say God told me, this is now, hold on, we're having an Ezekiel uh, moment, we're having an Elijah moment, we're having an Elisha moment, I'm fixing to fixing to birth into uh, right. the realm of, of, of the universe for the very first time, information from heaven. And I feel like people that aren't true prophets, they use thus saith the Lord as manipulation. Yeah, you're hooking, you're manipulating people. And the sad part is, is people are submitting to these people because they honor and they respect them. But you have the ability to destroy their life forever, to take their life in a wrong direction because you say thus saith the Lord, but Lord didn't thus saith anything no. to you. So you we're very responsible for the things that come out of our mouth. And I'm even very careful. I don't say that almost ever, thus saith the Lord, because I w yeah, don't want to be responsible. Says, thus says the Lord, be quiet, because she's fixing to thus says the Lord, because I've only heard her say it about two times in 30 years. Uh, amen. If there's a true move of God, my wife will tell you, because she's not moved by anything else. <laughs> when people say, oh, my gosh, did you feel that? I'm thinking, Lord, Am I that unholy that I really didn't feel that? Because I didn't feel anything. I don't feel anything. I didn't feel the anointing there. I did not feel any of that. Is there something wrong with me? I literally have to go and think about, like, is there really something wrong with me? Am I that unholy that I'm not feeling this? Or are these people just making stuff up? Because I think sometimes people sometimes are just making people stuff do. up. It's called emotionalism, which is great. I mean, there's times I, I like emotionalism, too, because it does yield a fruit that makes you feel good. It However, does. However, it doesn't mean it's God. Right. You know, it doesn't mean it's God. It is God, but it doesn't mean it's God in a prophetic way. I guess we say it like that. Let me say this last one. We're almost out of time. I hope we help somebody. You know, we've been going through the prophetic calendar or, or you know, the Bible chronology concerning the end time. And, and next week we can get back on that. But I just felt to deal with these false prophets, uh, you know, because they know your address, because they know your car color, because they know your sister, because they know... You can go to a palm reader uh, yeah. you, in town and get that information. You can go, uh, what are they, tarot card reader. Tarot card reader will tell you those things. Uh, you know, I don't know what else they are. You know, what do they call themselves? Mediums. Or... Yeah, mediums, whatever. 
they they can they can give you that information but what they can't give you is information coming from the heart of god that can only come by way or through an authentic man or woman of god that fears that honors that submits to the things of god it's the only person that can receive that can release release true bible prophecy here's another one god says jeremiah 5 30 through 31 an appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land now it's prophetic and this is how the esv the prophets are prophesying falsely and the priests rule at their own discretion and direction hold on so we got prophets and we got pastors so we got the prophets are prophets. This is the day we're living. The, the fullness of this prophecy has come to pass. You can go on a certain channel of a certain word of faith preacher that has a, a, a certain like Bible but news uh, prophecy type government type stuff. And you probably know what I'm talking about. And you can see the circus show uh, nightly uh, of where there's a so-called prophet or two or three but they're really a circus show. They don't know their Bible. They don't even know. I think they got their Bible upside down and backwards the way they talk. But then you got so-called pastor, and then you got an authority of a platform, a high authority of a platform, and it's like, what in the world's going on? Well, this is what's going on. Jeremiah 5, 30, 31 is coming to pass before our very eyes. An appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. And I'll say this. I don't want to kick over too many sacred stones, but thank God uh, for my dear friend Mario Murillo, yeah, that will not stand for nonsense, that will not be bought, that does not need fame or fortune, that simply goes on telling the truth no matter what it costs him. God bless you, my dear friend. I sure love you. An appalling and horrible thing has happened land. Prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule at their own direction and discretion. Now, now, and then colon, and it says, and my people love to have it so... But what will you do when the end comes? Wow, that's a big one. Yeah. And the people of God are eating this stuff up like a country person eats up banana pudding. I mean, they're just sopping it up, you know. And it's sad because they ought to know better. There's something sour in that pudding. There's some, you know, the Bible talks about in the old script. There's something. There's poison in the pot. Yeah. And someone ought. There's someone ought to have enough sense that they're offering something that's not from the kingdom of God. But God said it's going to happen. So here we are. Here's another sign uh, of where we're presently living on, on, you know, the Bible chronology. Was it the prophet Samuel that called David, that said David was called? He said not one of the words that he gave fell to the ground. Yes. He was a true prophet of God and nothing, nothing that he prophesied that God told him fell to the ground. So it didn't go left undone. It was fulfilled. So true prophets, their prophets, their prophecies are fulfilled. So if you go back to all of these people that call themselves prophets. There were people we, you know, people make mistakes and people err. But you should know when you err anyway. You shouldn't just stand behind it no. and we just keep amending the prophecies. It doesn't work like that. And we saw a lot of that during the election. People go back and amend it. And you had just recently spoke, just talked about this a second ago. But they amend it and they amend it and amend it. But if you're a true prophet, your words do not fall to the ground. No, not one. If one prophecy is false, you are now a false prophet. Doesn't say 10, doesn't say 15. You don't get grace. You you come up, you show up, you apologize, you repent, and then you get back in the office that you're called, and if you're not, get out of the offices. But if, if you miss one Bible 
or, or one quote unquote God said prophecy and you miss it, you're not a prophet. You, and if you keep doing it, you're a heretic. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's just plain and simple God's word. You know, you say, well, pa- Pastor, have you missed things? I do. But if you've noticed and go back and, and watch and listen to my preaching, if I don't have something to prophesy, I say I have a strong spiritual opinion concerning this matter. I thought Donald Trump was going to win, you know, uh, but I didn't say thus says the Lord. I, I said it's very simple. The numbers are very simple. If not, there's a, a problem. Uh, but it's simple. If I get up tomorrow and say we're going to go in two years of drought and we see the heaviest rainfall we've ever seen, uh, I automatically have become an ungodly false prophet. Uh, I need to repent. I need to never prophesy again, and I need to go do something that has that produces fruit in my life. Uh, let me end like this, believer. If you're out there, you're not stupid. God didn't call the believer to be stupid. Sheep aren't stupid. Uh, the metaphor, uh, metaphorical meaning of sheep and shepherd and sheepfold is what God used, and it has deeper meaning than just a little cheap baba sheep. If you really were to study that. The, the power of the shepherd, the sheepfold, and on and on it goes. It, it's a beautiful uh, understanding. It's a beautiful example of God and his church. Uh, but you're not foolish. You're not, you're not stupid. You should not be deceived so easily. Sure. Uh, you, you are the most powerful uh, person group on the planet of earth. We are the strongest. We're the withholder. Uh, we're withholding. Uh, the reign of the the Antichrist, we're stopping that right now. So we're not a foolish little easy people, but we need to wake up and we need to get back in our Bible and we need to be led by the spirit of the living God. Amen. And and when people say something, don't use a false grace uh, to to build them up or to let them continue in their, you know, incorrect, uh, prophetic, you know, demonic influence prophecy. Uh, It's very simple. Get away from them. Yeah. Well, I like them. No, your soul likes them because your soul's dirty. Uh, you clean your soul and you'll find someone that you'll like in your spirit or you'll obey God and go where God's called you to go in the spirit. But be very careful. The Bible says you should know them by their fruit. Right. If their prophecy doesn't come to pass, they are bombastic at best and they're missing fruit. I don't want to treat my grandfather uh, hated any tree that didn't produce fruit. I plant an oak tree. So what'd you plant that for? It don't produce fruit. I plant a maple tree. What'd you produce that? Was that the kind you get, you know, maple syrup from? No, grandpa. Well, cut it down. Ain't worth anything. Uh, but we should know people by the fruit they produce. And, and God has told us that as Christians and especially leaders, we should pr- produce the fruit of the spirit. Right. Everything we should, we do, uh, it should be together lumped in with the fruit of the spirit and it should be uh, true and in line with the Word of God. We're out Amen. of time. And Amen. we're going to get on this next week once again. We'll, we'll get back into uh, Bible chronology concerning the, the, the last days and or the rapture. I'll let you pick uh, the, the, the uh, topic for next week. And if you'll give me a heads up, I'll study, and we'll come and help God's people. Amen? Deal. Hey, love you. God bless you. Until next time, share this, like our page, help us get the word out. Pastor Kim, Pastor Rich, we love you. God bless you. Amen.